Lack of physical activity and lack of access to nutritious foods are two major determinants of chronic disease. The cost of chronic disease is high. Treating individuals with chronic diseases accounts for 86% of our nation's health care costs, according to the CDC. The American Planning Association is working to improve the health of our communities through its Plan for Health initiative that has provided $4.5 million in grant money to 35 local coalitions. Plan for Health connects communities across the country funding work at the intersection of planning and public health. Anchored by APA chapters and the American Public Health Association affiliates, Plan for Health supports creative partnerships to build sustainable, cross-sector coalitions. Coalitions work with communities to increase access to healthy food or increase opportunities for active living where residents live, work, and play. I'm Roberta Ruers with APA. Joining me today are Aldana Chestnut, APHA Council of Affiliates Chair, and Dr. Robert Moser, President-Elect of Kansas APHA. Thanks both for joining us today. Thank you. And just for our, our listeners who are not familiar, APHA affiliates are similar instructor to APA chapters. So the American Public Health Association is partnering with APA on our Plan for Health project. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about yourselves and your roles within APHA? Eldana, why don't we start with you? Um, I have served in several roles with APHA first and then APHA. Uh, most recently with APHA, I was the Region 7 representative, which Region 7 is Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas. And we kind of coined the term MINK. And so MINK is now a common name to APHA, which we're very thrilled about. Um, so from that, that affiliate representative role to governing council as well as to the council on affiliates, then I progressed on and was elected as chair-elect and now currently serving as chair of the Council of Affiliates. And essentially that means that it's kind of one of three more or less governing bodies of American Public Health Association. You have the Council of Affiliates, you have the Intersectional Council, which is the sections, and then Governing Council. So as COA chair-elect, I serve on COA as well as the American Public Health Executive Board and also on the Governing Council. And Dr. Moser, what about you? Yeah, I'm a uh, family physician by training and practiced uh, for over 20 years in a very rural uh, area of western Kansas before joining academic medicine briefly and then uh, served as the governor's appointee to the Kansas Department of Health and Environment where I served as not only the secretary but also the state health officer. So. I really got a lot of immersion into uh, public health uh, beyond what I had done as a community health officer uh, during my practice. When I served in that role and, and was involved with the Association of State Territorial uh, Health Officers. So um, my current role is as the Executive Director of the Kansas Heart and Stroke Collaborative with the University of Kansas Hospital, uh, which put me out across the state of Kansas uh, working with uh, various stakeholders in each of the communities as we try to address improving uh, the outcomes and lowering the total cost of care uh, with acute MIs and stroke across rural Kansas. My current role as president-elect with the Kansas Public Health Association has really been a, a great addition uh, to complete some of the work that I've been involved with as uh, secretary of ADH&E and as a state health officer, as I currently serve as chair of the Chronic Disease Alliance of Kansas, 
and uh, participate in other organizations of stakeholders, both in a regional and statewide manner, uh, addressing a, a number of public health issues. Great. And you had kind of mentioned uh, collaboration. You know, that's a key component of the Plan for Health initiative. So in your perspective, why is it important for planners to be engaging in public health work? Well, that's a great question, and, and we see that um, in a lot of different areas. Um, we know that really, you know, where we work, live, eat, and play uh, has a lot to do with our overall uh, health. And more and more, as our communities are looking at, at ways of improving the quality of life and addressing, making healthy choices a little bit easier and accessible, um, any development that that's currently being planned or looked at, uh, we see more and more communities looking at the impact of those developments and how to address uh, some of the healthy living issues from walkable and safe streets and community neighborhoods to uh, access to uh, food resources and other, you know, healthcare services. So it really does take uh, engagement of a number of stakeholders uh, to be able to identify and address some of those uh, barriers to access to healthy choices. And Eldana, what about your experience? Well, a lot of what I won't repeat a lot of what Dr. Mosher said, but I think, you know, that public health does need to be looking for their non-traditional partners. And at the APHA national level, we continue to do that. We're continuing to focus on, don't always go for the same traditional partners you've always used, but be looking outward, which is why I think is one of the great opportunities that came up with this APA grant. Um, and like Dr. Mosher said, a lot of the things that help public health goals, increase activity, increase healthier life, access to better food, really needs to connect with our, our planners. They're the ones that are laying out the trails and uh, um, safe communities and the access to grocery stores, et cetera. So, and it was just in, in my good fortune that I recently attended a conference and ended up sitting beside a city planner. And because I think I had this, this conference, I was APHA and APA partnership and, and a, a recent executive board meeting where we were talking about non-traditional partners, it just fell right. And so I kind of asked her, so, well, you know, found out she was a city planner. So well, what do you know about American Public Health Association or APA, APHA grant? And she really didn't know. So it, just, it was kind of like an icebreaker. And kind of went from there, and I was able to share with her what I felt the, the importance of our working together and how beneficial it could be. Um, there again, how, how similar our goals are, and if really, if, if we plan before the community is being built or if they're getting ready, if the city or county is getting ready to reinvigorate an area, that they really need public health at the table going, okay, but, you know, think about that we need to plan for exercise. So we need those, when you're building those parks, let's connect them with trails or let's make sure there's sidewalks in the neighborhood so our kids can get out and ride their bikes safely and not in the street. And, and hey, when you're, you're laying out your neighborhood, how about make sure you put a grocery store there so we don't have to worry about the food desert situations that occur in some of our areas. So I think it was just it was just being at the right place at the right time because I think I, I feel like that I made an impact on her and um, had it, when I had asked her, I said, have you worked with your public health department? You know, when we started our conversation and as we were kind of, you know, kind of when our speaker was getting ready to start, she goes, you know what, I think I need to contact my local public health association and, and my my uh, local health department because they, they, I understand what you're saying. So I felt like I really, it was a really good conversation to have. 
That's fantastic. And that's a great example of how just two people are making a connection because of this grant as well. And Dr. Moser, can we talk a little bit about the Thomas County work and the Plan for Health cohort that's working on there about how the built environment is impacting the approach to supporting healthy communities? Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. I'm uh, really proud of the work that's been accomplished by the Thomas County Coalition and uh, many of their uh, stakeholders. I was familiar with their work as Secretary of the Kansas Department of Health and Environment. They were a community that had been involved with the chronic disease risk reduction uh, efforts. And so they've been fairly uh, progressive and really active uh, since the late 1990s. But they work with uh, 12 different sectors across their community, uh, essentially four different uh, groups. But in that, uh, trying to address some of the goals of improving uh, the overall health of the community and wanting to accomplish the goal of having one of the more uh, healthier communities in the, in the state and in the nation, they've been really focusing on uh, physical activity and the lack of access to nutritious foods and, and working primarily around uh, schools and work sites. But the uh, Colby City Council and the Thomas County Coalition really uh, working together to provide some opportunities for health and fitness in uh, Colby or Thomas County, um, developed a active transportation group and with uh, some of the funding from APA and uh, the Plan uh, for Health project, they were able to work with an engineering firm to really uh, develop and adopt uh, a bike and pedestrian master plan and it was really interesting because um, they also found that their engineering consultants were helpful to assist them with educating about some of the subdivision regulations, some of the requirements around that, how to look at the complete streets policy. They were able to develop a 2.2-mile walking trail route uh, that was completed this uh, year. And it's really exciting to see that one of our participants in our Kansas Heart and Stroke Collaborative is uh, the Citizen Medical Center and the Family Health Care Center there in Colby. And we have found that uh, as we recommend increasing physical activity and healthy eating for our uh, patients that are at risk or have heart attacks or stroke, um, we have also incorporated health coaches in each of the communities and request that they identify resources within those communities, and obviously the Thomas County Coalition has been a great resource for uh, that local health coach and uh, looking to address those access to healthy foods and uh, walkable paths and activities for uh, their clients to participate in. So it sounds like Thomas County is leading the way when it comes to connecting planners and public health professionals. Are there some other coalitions in Kansas that you would like to highlight? Eldana, any thoughts on that? Oh, yes. Um, I am Division Director of Child Care Licensing at Johnson County Department of Health and Environment, and we're the, the biggest county in, in Kansas. And as I was preparing for this uh, podcast, I was kind of reviewing some of the past podcasts and the grantees and things they had done. And one of the things that jumped out was that one of the Livewell Kingston, uh, but one of the Plan for Health grantees. And we in Johnson County, even though we don't have the APHA, APA grant, uh, have something called Livewell Johnson County, which 
parliament made a jump out at me. And um, we're still able to make really good strides working with our cities and our city planners and, and some with the county. But our grant um, has found that they have much more success working at the city level. The funding from this grant, instead of coming from the APHA, APA grant, it actually came from Kansas Department of Health and Environment and the CDC. And there were 11 counties across Kansas. Obviously, Thomas County was one of them, um, was one of the APA, APA, APHA. But there are 11 counties across Kansas that received this, um, what's called 1422 grant. And the, the project that the Johnson County created was Lowell Johnson County. They've really had some great success stories already, and this grant really just started slightly over six months ago. Uh, one of the success stories I thought we would share is a bi-state collaboration and what's called a um, advocacy organization called Bike Walk Kansas City. And that organization and our Livewell Johnson County got together with the city of Shawnee, and they put together a 20-year plan for the city of Shawnee as far as development and improvements, et cetera, and it's looking at a lot of the things we've just talked about. It's making the community more walkable and more bikeable. They're um, planning ahead to make sure that they're including these things as they either develop or redevelop. Uh, additionally, there are some some success stories that you might say that are city-county collaborations. In Johnson County, we have a lot of parks and a lot of trails, which is a great thing, so it helps our residents to be healthier. And probably one of the reasons Johnson County always rates high on the county health rankings. Um, but we're, an effort is underway right now that to connect some of those parks that are in fairly close proximity by walking trails or biking trails so that folks you know, want to take a longer walk than maybe just around the park so they can be connected in a safe environment and encouraged to get out and exercise. Um, another thing that we have, I think, a real benefit of is that being on this bi-state metro area, we have an organization called Mid-American Regional Council, and they are really good about bringing, pulling down some of the big grant dollars. And one of our cities, Olaza, is kind of the same thing, working with our planners and with our Livewell Johnson County. And they were able to get a grant to fund a bike share program. Now, when I've gone to some of these big cities with APHA annual meetings, I've seen these in place. But this is something we're now trying to bring to, to the Midwest and to one of our cities to have an actual bike share, not just for recre recreation, but also for those that can take advantage of it to bike to work, et cetera. So, so I think we're really making some great strides with, you know, if we can in the future maybe get one of these grants, we should be able to do even more, but I think we're really off and running already. Fantastic. And Dr. Moser, going along the um, idea of biking communities, how are you working in addressing the challenges of supporting walkable communities and increasing access to healthy foods in very rural or frontier areas? Yeah, the, the rural and very frontier areas, uh, obviously, it can be a challenge just in resources, whether we're talking about funds or, or people to kind of help in building the initiative. But um, we've been fortunate with uh, funders in healthcare, uh, such as the Sunflower Foundation, has been very instru uh, instrumental in um, some of the funds available for developing uh, walking trails uh, across the state in a variety of different communities. We've had a variety of foundations, also more local, um, for example, in Greeley County on the far west side of, of the state on the Colorado border, uh, their health uh, foundation uh, developed a program 
uh, called Have You Walked Your Parent Today, uh, really kind of keying in on uh, including kids to, to grab their parents to, to go out and take a walk in, into the community. And a variety of those rural communities have, uh, I think, been learning and listening from a lot of our more metropolitan areas with their bike and walking trails, such as uh, Sedgwick County and Douglas County and such, and are looking at uh, taking what they currently have and identifying areas and opportunities for developing uh, pleasant and safe walking trails uh, within their community as well. So it, it takes a little bit of local initiative, a little bit of funding uh, to initiate the effort, and uh, I think lessons learned in collaboration with other communities that have been successful in implementing these programs uh, for that to develop within our, our rural communities. But it's exciting to see more and more of them taking up uh, these initiatives and these efforts to provide access for uh, walking and biking and, and safe transport. The food access, you know, you would think in an agricultural state such as Kansas that this wouldn't be as much as a problem, but uh, more and more of the communities are also developing a number of farmers markets. And a number of programs in Kansas have been kind of instrumental in, in supporting this, including uh, being able to use some of the uh, food stamp funds um, to, to be able to purchase uh, foods at farmer markets and whatnot. So we're also seeing an increase growth in farmer markets, even across our, our rural communities, as well as community gardens, uh, another way to access some of the helpful food uh, during the spring, summer, and fall months of the year anyway. Kansas is an interesting case study with the urban and the rural working and how do you make strides in both of those. So it sounds like you are making some great efforts and initiatives underway to help that. And Aldana, you had mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast that APHA was looking for non-traditional partners, and I know APA feels the same way. How do you think the Plan for Health grant and initiative has strengthened the relationship between APA and given our associations a chance to think about how we can both support nutrition and physical activity. Can you tell us a little bit about some of APA's thoughts on, APHA's thoughts rather, on making, how do you make healthy choices easier? Yeah, I think that we have really made more of a focus of that in the past few years. Uh, One of the things is that the executive board, um, or worked on a healthy meeting pledge, or I guess you would say accepted a healthy meeting pledge for the past couple annual meetings. And kind of essentially what that means is it's kind of they build in the opportunity for exercise, such as there's been incentives, sorry, the past couple years for whoever walks the most steps, so whoever accumulates the most mileage, you might say, at an annual meeting can win prizes. So, And there's a lot of walking. If you've never been to an American Public Health Association meeting, there's a lot of walking. So there can be a really high number of steps, but it's also a good incentive to uh, have people tell them to wear the pedometers or whatever. And it kind of sometimes is kind of a talking point, so you're getting people to interact because they're walking, et cetera. Uh, another part of that would be getting people to move. So when you're studying at a meeting all t- for a long time, you know, you just kind of, you need to get up and move. And so, and for example, in our governing council, which goes full days, um, a couple of days up during the annual meeting, there actually have been the past years built in time where music plays and everybody's encouraged to get up and move around. If you want to dance, dance. If you just want to walk, walk. But, you know, just actually get up and be active instead of just sitting for long periods of time. 
Another thing they did last year was called the Give Me Five Dance, where it was actually encouraged as many participants at the conference as wanted to to come and participate almost in kind of like a line dance. But it was kind of the end of one of the days. We had been sitting and, and just kind of needed to get a little activity in. So it was a fun way to meet new people, but also to kind of get a little more activity in. Um, it also addresses the um, other meetings, such as the Council on Affiliates meeting or the uh, ISC, the Intersectional Council meetings. And I know with this year's uh, COA meeting, I actually built in stretch breaks into that, following kind of along the same line of the Healthy Meeting Pledge, is we um, would not tried not to go much more than an hour without ever, everybody get up. You know, if it was just get up, stretch, and look at your neighbor, those kinds of things, walk around the room. Uh, some folks took a walk around the block, but just kind of to make sure that we built in activity. And the same goes with the nutrition at um, both our Council of Affiliates and ISC meetings and also at the annual meeting. There's a real focus on healthier eating. You know, the annual meeting, not many meals are provided because there's usually over 12,000, 14,000 people there. But then some of the smaller groups will, like COA or ISC, might provide meals. So we've started putting a real focus on that to make it healthy meals, healthy options. Instead of just all fried fast food, et cetera, we try to really make sure that folks have fresh fruit and they have opportunities for healthy healthy breakfast and, you know, your whole grains and your um those kinds of things, it's not just donuts and this kind of thing. So I think we really put a lot of a lot more focus on trying to make sure the meeting overall, which the annual meeting is the biggest gathering of public health folks in the nation, try to make sure that that really encourages and kind of more or less living what we're saying. And I guess the, the other piece to that would be the tobacco-free policy. As long ago as 1904, or 1904, sorry about that, 2004, um, the Governing Council passed a tobacco-free policy, which basically meant that all meetings, all annual meeting cities had to be someplace that was smoke-free. Now, back to that far back, that kind of limited some of the folk places we could go to. But it, it just kind of shows the importance that we believe that smoking is a challenge, which Dr. Mosha would probably strongly support, support with his current work. And we know that if we can reduce, reduce or whatever we can do to promote uh, tobacco cessation, and is, is going to be for the betterment of the public's health. So that's another thing that they've implemented is to have all annual meetings in smoke-free cities. I think it's just a really great uh, partnership. And uh, we can always learn more from each other and just really appreciate the chance to share the information. Great. And it sounds like APHA has really made the smart, healthy choice, the very easy choice in your annual meeting. I personally like the STEP competition. And your annual meeting is coming up. It is at the end of October, is that correct, in Denver? That's correct. Yes, we will um, start at the end of, me- end of the October, and it finishes on November the second. And as you said, it is in in, uh, Col- in Denver, Colorado, this year. And registration is open. We'd love to have everybody attend. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for joining us so much and kind of giving us into a, a nice view into what's going on in Kansas in terms of the public health aspect and how planners are also helping that. Thank you. You're welcome. Pleasure. And if our listeners want to learn more about the Thomas County Plan for Health Coalition, they can go to planforhealth.us. That's plan, the number four, health.us.